0: Welcome to the Rugby Bits podcast, and we've got a, a a big episode here today. We're going to be looking back at the round three of the Rugby Championship, um, the Springboks beating Argentina 22 points to 21 in Ellis Park with all the festivities that went around that game. We've got the Bledisloe Cup secured in New Zealand. The economy of New Zealand can sleep well for another year because they've secured the Bledisloe Cup. <laughs> And yeah, we're going to start with our first phase, as we usually do. And the first phase was inspired by um, a few performances that happened at Ellis Park on Saturday. Some from the N'Glova Youth Choir, some from Garimbe of Sister Bettina fame. And we asked um, our dirt trackers what, are, what the best rugby related songs are. And Cooks, I'm going to start with you because you were at the stadium on Saturday. Yeah, you were treated to a unique treat of a. I think this is the first um, halftime performance in a rugby game. <laughs> what was your thoughts about that?
1: Oh man, hey hey guys. Um, hope you, yeah, it was um, <laughs> it was interesting to say the least because <laughs> first of all, the world in union was something special. I mean, it's always, it's, it mm-hmm. sort of gave me world cup world cup feelings already. I'm like, okay, cool, this thing is almost around the corner. And then, um, so the weird part is I had to go down. Do I had to go and do some work at halftime, so, so I was in the tunnel. So sort of, I, I saw them like um, lined up in the in the band. So you look like, you look so psyched up. I was like, hey, cool, this is going to be cool. Cause I mean, I liked Sister Petino" when he came out 25 years ago. I mean, I liked it then, and then it sort of just been <laughs> stretched and stretched and stretched and stretched and stretched since then. So I was at my wits end with Sister Petino," and then Sister Pokina came and I, I, it's, it's not a good song. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to put it there, like it's uh, uh, a, <laughs> it's, it's just, <laughs> oh man, what we look? It's just live. this is wild. I was like, "What is going on?" I mean, it looked like people. I mean, people were loving it. And then I rewatched the the match today, and I was like, and the and the, and the performance I was playing, I was like, "Oh my goodness, I don't think this is gonna make it to the World Cup. If it does, I might not. I might watch box games on mute now. That comes on all the time. And if I go to someone's house and a song is playing, I promise you, I'm not. I'm leaving that house immediately and going to go watch on my phone <laughs> somewhere else. Because like that's, that's my thoughts on the song."
0: Yeah, I, if, Cooks if you told me what, like, 20 years ago, or just under 20 years ago, when Sister Bettina originally came out, that 20 years later, it will be sung at Ellis Park in the middle of a rugby game, where Francois Pina and John Smith and their whole squads are here, I don't think I would ever have believed
1: you. No, 100%. I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't think, I think it came out, what, 2004, or oh, I think something around yeah, the Around, the, I remember. I remember it came out obviously before December, and it was like that was when like everyone had like a December song. Like remember, tell we were kids, like every like those the one like DJ Cleo or something. It was like a December song. Like remember, remember when it rained, and that was like the, the December song, and, was, and I loved it. It was like one of my favorite songs. And then it like sort of came back, and then you know, that was cool again. And then like white people adopted it like this, the, the same way they adopted Galagata. Then it became their song. <laughs> then like now, then he started playing straight off the like, it's always wild to me like with the national anthem ends straight into Sister Bettina now it's, now it's got it's old Sister Bokina the song has got like a, like it's got a longer like lifespan than Victor M- M- Maffel's career like it leaves comes back coaches for a bit comes back like it's it takes it in different forms becomes an analyst comes back you know what I mean like that's something that's, I love the trajectory for Sister Bettina
0: yeah it has gone through its ups and downs it has more comebacks than a member of the Steve Borthwick England squad, really. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's almost impossible. <laughs> almost impossible. Sean, I think you can take the lead on your, your, yours and Jared's favorite songs um, in the stadium experience. A good old Sweet Caroline and a good old Ole Ole Ole, you know, our real oh. national anthems. Exactly. And we're never, ever going to escape it.
2: Um, it is what it is. I just... I just for the record, because um, I know Jared will deny it, but I was first on the WhatsApp group to call it, so he can't claim it. It's me, um, and I know how much he loves it. I mean, like I've been going to a rugby game with him before, and he's got it in his pre-game like playlist. You know, it it plays in the car on the way to the game. So yeah, it's his favorite. It doesn't matter what he says on Twitter. It's all it's all a ruse. Um, it's not uh, it's it's not true. But but yeah, like. There's no ways, as much as as cringe as it is, we not even our kids' kids are going to escape that stuff in rugby in on a rugby field on TV in the future. It's just never gonna never gonna leave, never ever. It's basically like the shape of the rugby ball. It'll never change.
0: I think the worst thing is that for whatever reason, especially South Africa and New Zealand, we love Sweet Caroline. Anything any situation any circumstance sweet caroline will play at a super rugby game for the rest of time we just know that for now and yeah it was also just yeah yeah, i'm gonna have many rants i think in this podcast but (laughs) guys doing a mexican wave when someone is injured what the hell what what were we doing in Joburg on on saturday like grant williams is getting like medical attention hey and then the mexican wave starts what are we doing
2: to be fair, it was the long drawn out start that probably got everyone antsy.
1: <laughs> so they're like, sure we're, gonna go, we're gonna go full we're gonna go full we're gonna go full Mexican Mexican wave. But but I must say though, look, not, let, me not, let me give Stepokina some credit. I I will use hate because hate's a strong word, and I only hate Arsenal. I dislike, just <laughs> like stadium DJs, all of them. All, of, All them. of them, you know why? Because they play music at every opportune moment and it drives me crazy. Team wins a penalty, song. They kick for touch, song. Then it's like, knock on, song. Then it's like, scores. Brrrr, scram goes down, song. I'm like, stop, play. Do, you know I mean? stop. Yeah. do you know what I mean? Stop just on a rugby game and for music to come on, on every single one. So I always get so annoyed. I'm like, these guys, these, these guys get paid per song. Like per song they play, because-
2: they, they have to get paid to per be. minute. But do they, do do oh. they, do they like start a song or where do they play little snippets of it? Like, how does it like, yeah, we like don't snippets, pick it all snippets, up on TV. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll be like snippets. And then it'll be, or sometimes like they'll start a song and it'll, like, shoo, it'll stop halfway. Like, <laughs> oh my, voice is like. they do it like, like it's sometimes if, if a guy scores a trial, then the, the, the kicker's like lining up. He's like halfway in the kicking process. Then they'll be like, oh yeah, crap. We just put the music off. Then the music goes. I'm like, it's too late now. <laughs> like the like the about like a second from kicking the ball. But it's just like sorry, it's a global problem. Yeah. It's a like it's a global problem. That's, that's oh, it drives me crazy. Especially like when you're watching, like I think on the TV alright, you, 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 you don't pick it up as much. But like when you're at the stadium, I just get so annoyed. I'm just like, oh, there's just music. So you can't even like say like dissect something because I understand there's be a vibe. Something like chat, say, say something say to someone like, hey. Like I don't like scream in someone's ear, like asking if they saw the what they thought of their penalty. But no, all, st- all stadium, all stadium <laughs> DJs drive me crazy, and and Sweet Caroline also drives me crazy. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, we've started off on a rocky note. Look, I mean, there's a few other African staples that were mentioned in our replies. Obviously, MP has become like our entrance song now, which has become cool. And shout out to the to the to the Zulu dancers that that have that tend on lock. I'm glad that that it was the big guy that started, and now he bought two of his friends. It's like a great small business. I I, I really appreciate that as well. <laughs>
2: Soon they're going to be I, lining up in that, the flying uh, V in front of us.
1: Guys, that guy's massive. That guy's huge. He is a he is giant. giant that, The 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 shaka the Zulu guy the Zulu warrior the Zulu chief the guy runs out. I saw him in civvies after the game. I thought it was, I legit thought he was like part of like the touring squad. I'm like, what? what like, i ask him like, when you to, when you go to Argentina, like. <laughs> Like, where's your night track suit? He's like, no, that's a shocker guy. I'm like, oh, he is massive. Massive. You reckon he can scrum down? Where would you play him? Hooker? Prop? He looks like, he looks like those wings are force I can't catch. That's the problem.
2: <laughs> it's a, so you've got to run him on a short gut ball, and you've just got to, like, shove it into oh. his body and hope it doesn't bounce off his six-pack.
1: Yeah, he gets too psyched for me. Like, I think, I can't see like he's a four. I think he's, like, one of those wings, just like, Like, it's just like, he doesn't pause. He's like a a bigger Mark pretty much.
2: (laughs) There's about 14 Mark in that one guy, my man. What do you mean, bigger?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Probably because Um, of the Mark Talia, since Mark grew up in Durban.
0: I mean, you know. Sappers Abroad. On honorary Sappers Abroad. Um, Sharky, this was maybe of your vintage... Tell me about Shark Attack. Oof. <laughs>
2: ah, forgot about that. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Like, there was a time, there was a time, and fortunately it was mostly before your, most of your guys' time and most of our listeners as well, where every pro team, it was part of, like, the marketing thing was to do your song, a song, your song, Oh no, no, no. And they were, listen, the guys are rugby players. There are very few rugby players that are, that are like singers and rappers and stuff like that. We're getting more now because, because guys are like exploring other avenues in their life and are able to express themselves. But back in the day, you were a rugby player, a rugby player. And that was it. There was no singing. There was no dancing. Maybe you could do some windsurfing um, on the plateau. a little bit of uh, pat on the floor and then you can dance away. But that was it, man. Like there was, no, there were songs coming out and it just wasn't meant for rugby players.
0: eh? (laughs) Including Shark attack. Yeah. I mean, I guess they followed, I think in the eighties, um, a lot of the NFL teams had like songs. that they recorded even, I think football teams in England and they would have songs where the players are singing. I'm not sure who thought that was a good idea, but I guess that's the trend that rugby followed there. Um, I think there was also a Stormist song in the 90s. I'm not sure. Oh, I might be misremembering. Yeah, so there was that. Obviously, we mentioned World and Union, the World Cup song. Like, yeah, everyone's favorite song, Cooks. When World and Union plays, we know it's rugby World Cup season, and it's great. And we also know that South Africa does the best version of it. And we know there's going to be some random artsy version that France does this year.
1: Yeah, flip it's probably been French as well, those bastards. Um, <laughs> tonight, um now, we, now, we, now we must now, now we must to speak French. But I am happy to make a case that World in Union is probably the best like sports song in all of sports. It's incredible. I mean it's mm. it's, it's just a great, great, great song. And um so whenever it comes on, it is it, oh man, like I know I do Saturday, like you're right, the, the Lower Youth Choir version was amazing. I mean, PJ Powers she absolutely killed it. Um I'll tell you a story in 2019, when you won the World Cup, my, my best mate, I was still coaching at the time. I think he played the World Union about 15 times in row For an hour actually, he just played in, like, on, on loop. And it was like fantastic. <laughs> was, but, like, after about 30 minutes, like, okay, you, like, you can't change the song now. And he's like, I can't because the world's in union and you won the World Cup. I was like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> this is the effect. And then I, I had to go. So I had to go and sort of, I went home for a bit. We, went, we, we were gonna go out obviously we'll celebrate and so his missus was going to drive us. And then I came back like a hours later, all changed and stuff like that. He we was still on the couch and all of you were still playing like on a small little speaker and his wife's like, the song hasn't stopped playing for about two hours. They were like, what is wrong with the song?" <laughs> but it's a great song. I mean, I, I, oh man, we're hearing it all is you always know it's world cup time and, and I'm excited to, well, well, I'm not excited to see how it goes. when if you sing it in French,
0: Yeah, I mean this year at least your friend will be playing sister Burkina when the Springboks won the World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, enough messing around, enough delaying. Let's get into it. So Springboks won um, against Argentina twenty two points to twenty one. It was yeah. uh, There's many things to say about that performance. One thing for certain, it wasn't a uh, the most fluent performance there from the Springboks, and there were a few issues there. And Argentina. They didn't miss their kicks, could have actually even won the game. But at the end of the day, Springboks won. They weren't really um, (laughs) at all fluent at it as well. So um, I'm going to start with you, Sean. I know both you and Cooks have watched the game again. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But yeah, Sean, you can sort of take it away. Like, are we... Yeah, because there is a sentiment on, on, on social media that, okay, we... We were willing to sort of give the Springmarks the past two weeks ago against New Zealand and split squads and all that sort of stuff. But now this the performances are not really picking up. So are we being a bit over worried or are there things that we should be concerned about?
2: The thing is, we're really we're we keep waiting. For what we feel like when the Springboks will take things seriously, and by no means I don't I don't think that they're pissing about. It's it's like w- we want to sh- see that step, that change, that that line in the sand. Like this is now World Cup prep, and it, it goes a game on and a game on, and we're kind of getting nervous. Like we beat Australia, everything got off great guns. Then there were problems there, and then we faced the All Blacks, which w- World Cup Euro nots a massive game, and then that happened. Then this week, and now. We've sent a split squad again, basically. We just haven't sent them early. Um, so it just leads me to think that and and to be fair, Jacques Nova said it already that this is the last opportunity for a number of players, and that's that's it. Then the squads announced next Tuesday, next week, Tuesday, and for the World Cup, and then the guys have some time, and then they're off to Wales um, and England and then France so I think everyone's getting a bit antsy. So what it does is it's with the results and with what's happening is it's forcing us to start doubting things and, and everybody and the results are not going our way. I'm getting nervous. Um, you, know, you know me, I'm, I'm quite a conservative um, book fan. Like I don't want to change too much and I want them to stick with what they're doing and and all that sort of stuff. But I'm getting nervous now because last week I thought, you know that we were maybe a game shy, and now it looks like we're only really going to have two preparation, proper prep games, like 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 Rugby World Cup focus prep games, as as opposed to planning prep. Um, fortunately, it's against Wales and New Zealand, which is huge for us and for anyone. That's a big competitor game. It's not like w- with respect. It's not like it's against the World Fifteen or Namibia. You know, so. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm just a bit scared of the, of, of the time that the guys are going to have on the, on their legs. So, so there's that. If I had to look at like the improvements of this weekend, I thought the first half for us was uh, much better. I don't think we were terrible in the first half. I, I enjoyed what we did. We uh, defensively, we were better there were a couple guys that were beasts on defense in the first half. Um, and we were trying a few things. We were moving a few things around. We, we were attacking different spaces with, with different tactics, which is, which is great. Um, but you know, everyone, you know, all those people that want like, oh, we want expansive rugby, we want this and want that. It clearly takes a lot more time for us, um, to get it going. And, and that's what's happening. So yeah, it was. I don't think the game was as bad. I thought the first half was significantly better than the second half. The second half we we seemed to lack that um that line speed. We seemed to kind of let our heads drop and, and kind of overthink things in that we we weren't really we were very nicely structured, nicely focused in the first half. And then the second half we kind of dropped off a little bit. I don't think it's a fitness thing. I don't think it's a desire thing or a drive. I, I'm not sure what happened. And a lot of that's obviously got to do with Argentina and how they play and how you know the things they 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 build up on, you know. But yeah, I'm feeling indifferent about the game. I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people make it out, and I certainly don't think the players that were abused after Saturday were as bad as people made out. Um, and I'm sure we'll chat about a few individuals later. But yeah, indifference probably the best way of describing it. If if I had to tell you how I felt.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> It's a yeah, it's a tricky one, and I, I think you're accurate, Sean. I think the first half, I was thinking that we have too much for Argentina. They can't really thought we had a really good defensive performance in the first half, especially, like accurate defending, not really giving Argentina really much in terms of line breaks and clean breaks. And obviously Steven Ktoff, especially was just causing havoc in the rucks. So I thought, okay, we've pretty much like Argentina's not really going to do too much to us and they're not going to get through our defense so we just need to you know keep more than two or three phases together and we should be good and then yeah like you said the second half was a big downturn from that and I think comes back to something that we discussed on Thursday Sean that once if you keep Argentina in the game for long enough it gets harder and harder and harder to beat them and yeah I think that's basically what became of the second half that we allow them to grow in confidence and we allow them to get, you know, into their structures. And yeah, they're a very good team, probably the best of the sort of the next five in the, in the world. And when you do give them that chance, they'll really make life difficult for you. So that I think was probably a a big part of the reason why
2: cooks, you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologize. I didn't get my hand in there quick enough. You know, we spoke about like there were <laughs> so many changes to the Argentinian side and we were expecting because of, of how we are, we, we are slow starters, but those guys that came through, they were slow starters almost in the first 20 or 30 to 40 minutes. And then they seemed to get a handle on things and they made a few changes, but the changes they made were like relatively top players. I'm still not sure they've settled on the right fly half though. And I think we can be grateful for that for now.
0: Yeah, indeed. And <laughs> if Buffeli was playing on Saturdays and cooking instead of Santi Carreras, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, actually quite interesting. And we can maybe talk about it later, but I thought Argentina was a lot more um, accurate in the attack. Once um, Santi Carreras came off for the concussion um, that he suffered, trying to stop yep and elizabeth And um trying to get the name now of the person that came on for him um was it yeah i think moroni who actually played 10 now that i'm thinking about it because i think yeah it it was a bit confusing because i I think it was um Alber albanos um thomas albanos because
2: he absolutely yes
0: yeah so he came on he plays for benetton right yeah he's basically i think like the second choice fly half for them and yeah, when he came on, it just seemed a lot more structured. And yeah, it goes to my suspicion that perhaps Carreras is more of an outside back than a fly half, Read play Kinghorn. And yeah, that's doesn't give as much fluency in attack than than when he plays. But yeah, um, we can also, also talk about that a bit later. Cooks, yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I think Sean has been at, at least able to calm me down because i was probably more on the hysterical side just thinking yes like this it seems like the same story that we've had for the last three years of the spring box can be really brilliant for about 40 or so minutes but that happens mm, 40 minutes every two or three games it seems like at the moment
1: so it was weird because i mean so at the game i was at work and then um so the first time i was completely and the box looked like they were hitting back the struggled even Etsybeth was absolutely he was fantastic on the day. It was great to see him sort of back into Noble Eben Etsy mode. I think obviously we know the incident with the with his dad passing away. And was just also first game of the first first test for him against All Blacks. So he wasn't the highest standards he normally is. And I thought on the weekend he was sort of back his absolute best. Marks look good. And especially that first half, I thought Dear yeah, Lindy and Creel defended very well. Um and then I was like, and then sort of second half. It's it's sort of felt a little bit flat, but I thought Argentina also played really well. But having watched the game again, I'm a lot this sounds strange, a little more positive. Cause so when you when you rewatch the game, you can sort of see there's a lot of th- the things that attack the Springboks try to do. There's a lot of little more kick passes. There's a lot a lot a lot still working on the things like the tip on pause uh, forwards playing back to the back line. There was a move that where uh five hit Malcolm Marks Malcolm, Mark, I mean, uh, hit, um, Malcolm Marks, Malcolm Marks, I mean, it's Malcolm Marks, Malcolm Marks pops it onto Arceus Name who offloaded back to Marks. Sort of, there was a best sort of momentum. It's a great pass to play for the Springboks. But I think what hurt them, if you, are, uh, if you are a coach of a school, and you want to watch how not to clear your lines after kickoffs, watch the game on Saturday, because Argentina and the Springboks were horrific when it came to just exiting from kickoff. Just silly mistakes. And from both, I was just like two charge downs early. And then I think there's uh, so many charge downs in this game. But I thought the Springboks, what really, really hurt them was those, whenever they, they put together two or three passes of good play, there'll be a silly knock-on. They'll sort of string together, like string together, win a penalty, kick the ball in the corner, misalina. But that was the frustrating thing is I think the, there were so many small little areas, but they kept building up and building up and building up and it sort of, and also... I thought the, the, the box penalty count was probably at the highest has been all championship compared to look you know, against Australia. They considered by three penalties. All Blacks they conceded a little bit, but but not as high this weekend is. There's we, just so many little areas, and I think that was the big sort of just like stop the, the stop momentum. So when I rewatched it again, there was a lot of good, but then just was just negated by just such silly errors. Score a try when the, we, we get the kickoff. We try to go wide. Voddy knocks it on in front of the poles, and then. Things like 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 things like that where it's like, what all the good work gets done gets negated by one mistake, and that just kept on happening and kept on stopping momentum. So, I saw enough this. So I'm not too. I'm not too despondent. I think what did help is I, I took a sort of. I tried to do a thing of not going on social media as much until, until I rewatched the game. So I didn't. So I. I didn't read much. I just I saw glimpses of like the hysteria. But I'm like, you know, what, I'm actually going to rewatch the game, and then sort of take take the emotion out of it. And I thought that was a better thing to do. And. I, I'm not as worried or as hysterical as most people are on social media at the moment.
0: And that is why you come to the Rugby Bits podcast for some rational analysis on the Springboks. Um, I'm going to just um, talk through some of the stats from the game. Sean, you can maybe sort of, yeah, maybe discuss maybe uh, one or two that either might be of concern or might yeah, you just want to discuss or, or bring a more context to. So I think a few of them that stand out to me is so possession, for example, the spring box in the first half had 53% possession, so relatively even, they had the um, advantage. In the second half, it, it turned the other way, in a big way, where Argentina had 68% of the possession, and the box obviously had 32 territory. Argentina had just, a, just over 50 in the first half, second half, 70% possession, uh, I mean, territory. So Argentina had 68% possession and 70% territory in the second half, which you know, it's already a bad start if you are trying to, you know, assert yourself in a game. The interestingly enough, the box had much more meters considering the territory and possession advantage for Argentina, three eight, nine meters compared to two five five, which talks about, I think, a great defensive performance. Um, yeah, especially in the midfield. But with more meters and obviously with less uh with less um with less um possession that they had some of the attacking stats are a bit worrying. Argentina had the advantage on defenders' beat in 25-16. They also doubled us in passing, 184 passes compared to 92 passes, and gain-line carries um, were pretty even. But it's interesting that Argentina, it seemed like they were able to at least get passes together, and the Springboks, for all intents and purposes, they, yeah, it, it, it seemed like a, a weird mix to me of We are trying to expand. Like Cook said, we are trying a few, you know, kick passes and and doing different things, but it just couldn't get off the ground. Um, You then look at kicking stats. It was much more normal compared to the New Zealand game. 21 kicks to 23 for Argentina. Probably kicked too little, but in a high felt game in Joburg, you don't really want to kick that much. And then, yeah, I think the big one is tackles. So Springboks, made 145 out of 170 tackles and argentina only made 77 out of 93 tackles so a similar tackle percentage but the spring doubled or close to doubled the amount of tackles that argentina had and then finally what basically lost the game for argentina was goal kick success of four out of seven compared to the spring Springboks having three out of four so yeah if um Befley, even nicholas sanchez in what his 40s whatever was in that game um, Argentina probably sneaks away with the win Sean yeah so it seems like at least the tale of the the stats tells us that the second half Argentina was putting a lot of pressure on the Springboks and in one way Springboks did well to keep them out and to not maybe concede more points but yeah obviously it's not a sustainable way of playing if they you know want to win against the the, the best sides in the world I mean Yes, even the spring marks defense, which is really, really good, like it will break if you're giving, let's say, an Ireland or a France or a New Zealand this much ball.
2: We are defending like that to, you know, outlast opposition and and defend your lead is something that works better when you are a much more confident team. You're a much more confident as in, in individuals. You know, there there are times where, where we've watched um, Ireland, New Zealand, South Africa over the last four or five years. And, uh, and you know, they, or they're leading by five and they're on their five meter line and you're like, there's no way the other team is was going to score. So that's, that's something that I'm worried about. I have no problem with us defending better and defending a lead, but I am just worried about our psyche with how we've been over the last sort of while with regards to the kicking and everything. <clears throat> The first half, I thought Buff didn't kick, he didn't kick well from hand. My theory on this, it's, very, it's interesting and it's a long shot, but I know that the guys are professionals and everything, but when you, uh, we've spoken about, well, I've spoken about a starting nine and a bench nine and the different roles they play. buff de Clack was a bench nine, so he was mentally preparing for a completely different game to what he had to play after um, 30 seconds of kickoff. So I'm wondering if that kind of affected him and his kicking accuracy or maybe his game because, yeah, it was just very interesting. I'm trying to, like, I'm not looking for excuses. I'm just trying to figure out, like, what, what happened. Argentine in the first half were doing a massive outside-in defensive push. Like, they really came up hard on us. And then we started putting some kick passes. There was a moment there off the line-out. We went off the top. I went fuff. To Lebok, Libok to Kirtley Arnos, who was coming from his blind side wing, and then he put the kick pass to um, Colby, and the kick pass wasn't accurate enough. Man, that move is epic. That I mean, whoever's coming off that wing there, to, to, doesn't matter what side you're playing it. He, he's got a kick pass run option, and he's got backs to play with and everything. So we're going to see that again, um, and I'm I'm super pumped for it. The other um, the other side of things, uh, something that I picked up, which is quite interesting, it almost seems like um, like Manny is the fly half, which I'm great. I'm so thankful that we we had a fly half doing fly half things or a person doing fly half things. But Manny seems to be doing all the setup and everything when it comes to the forwards or to um, Jesse Creel or Damien Delendy crashing it up. All that sort of work is all done by Manny. And the minute we want to give it width, then, then Vili comes into the line. So that was interesting for me to to watch how we're we managing that situation and what we're doing there. So yeah, yeah. But Cooks, you want to, you want to climb in.
1: But, um, yeah, Sean, talking about the, that move we did with Kirtley, did you, did you see that passage of play where I think it was, I think it was turn a turnover ball, ball went to, to my end book and then he went kick pass at wide. Then we got the ball, went right that side. Then we got the ball back to go, went coast to coast, and we kicked pass to the other side as well. So you could, so you could yeah. see there's a bit of a direct, there was a probably scene that Argentina does sort of play, does sort of, like sort of come rush outside in, and there was an emphasis on kick pass because there was a few little chips over, even chips over the top, which is different to the way the box normally play. The, 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 you, the spring box are a kick, kick passing team, but you could see there's, mm-hmm. there's a bit mm-hmm. of an emphasis of trying to get it wide. And I think they are, they are trying to sort of add elements to their attack. And I think they, and I, and I thought there was a lot of good, but then like, like for example, the second kick pass over that move, Dwayne sort of put a foot in touch. But if we keep that ball, we, we're in, sort of in behind. So there was, there was a lot of good. And I think there is that, that second element of danger, especially that if you look at the, what the move we did with um, where Curly Orange got tackled out in the, in the, just before time. the beautiful link up between Marnie and Velia again. Again, it's a fact the box have the ability to have two playmakers. It just, it just opens the game up for them so much more, which is, which is what Marnie can it's, bring. It checks if, the
2: defense. It checks the 100%. defense as
1: well. It, it, think, it makes
2: think, the defenders like really they're, they're thinking the whole
1: time and that's the half a second you need. hundred percent. And I think with, um, with 100, Paul and Marnie, we, we're like, it, it's, it's, like you have someone like Marnie at the bench. It's two different types of threats because Pollard's also a big carrying threat. So it, that's also, that, that still also holds up defense as well. Cause you know, Pollard's this is a threat of him getting on the vantage line and still attacking you. And so sort of, then Marnie comes now, he's, is where you take it to the game and still be able to get passes across and you can use both feet. So it's two different threats. And I think the spring, I'm, I'm very excited to see how the spring box play when 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 100 Pollard gets in. I think we're going to see a lot, a, a lot more sort of free 100 Pollard, like similar to the Leicester Tigers 100 Pollard, especially if the boxers keep sort of adding this element to their game. I, so, cause I always feel like, I know the boxers obviously will go back to type A, type what, what they normally play, but I feel like now attacking wise, once they sort of ace this attacking shape and and and, and shock, you know, your attacking shape is, it, it, it's hard. It takes time for it to to get in place. It needs time. That's you, you always said, the boxing It needs time, it needs time in the saddle for it to be run. And the problem with an attack shape is it looks shitty before it looks good, because of all the mistakes you make. And but when it clicks, it clicks. And I think with with Hundred Paul, hopefully it does get some time in the setup. Because I think of the box too master, the Master's the tech plan. I think it just gives them the edge where we don't have to always feel like we need to win fifteen, twelve in a in a in a, in a playoff match, or we have to sort of drag teams. Like, because I, I feel like when you play, either we play New Zealand or France. There's a good chance that game could be a shootout. There's a good chance where, we, where you play New Zealand. New Zealand's put thirty points in the spring box the last three times they've, they've played us. So we will need we we'll, we'll have to be able to score points and and find ways to score points as opposed to. Doing, applying the, the slow poison because we're going to apply the slow poison in run of time so I, i'm very excited to see what, what, what the the small little bits and pieces we're adding to their shape to the attack shape and, and how it's going to look with 100 part of 10. yeah
0: actually i want to come into that and make two points about the fly half just to, before I go on, I don't want to make it sound like I thought Marnie LeBock had a bad game at all. I think he had actually, uh, I think he had a pretty good game and he was running the game as a fly half instead of with what we had with Willemser where there was, I think, a lot of, you know, Willemser the center trying to do things for himself. But yeah, it's interesting because in saying that, you know, there was quite a lot of carries that LeBock had. I mean, in in the stats, he had seven carries versus 10 passes, which, you know, and I I think Sharky is also an expert (laughs) at talking about this, but you obviously want that ratio to be more on the passes than the carries. But it seemed like, and this is the point that I want to make, it seemed like there was a bit of a disconnect between him and Damien D'Alendi. I would love to watch again, just to watch the times that he did carry, but it seemed like every time um, Libok got the ball, He was isolated. He was just away from the rest of play and he didn't have much of an option but to sort of go back against the grain and and make a carry. Luckily, he's obviously great on his feet. He's quite strong. So that option is not always the wrong option, but it's not good if your fly half is having to sort of carry back into traffic at at, at any stage. And I think there's a lot of that from, from Libok. And obviously you expect him as a, you know, a more of a sort of an expansive fly half that he can connect with his outside backs and get the ball through the line. So there was an element of that. And I don't know. And I think, Sean, it comes back to the point, excuse me, of um, Five coming on so early that I think it just threw off a lot of things in the team because there just was something that wasn't connecting with the 9 10, 12 on Saturday. And yeah, I, I again, I want to watch again and love to hear your thoughts, guys. But there just wasn't something connecting. I don't know if it was, yeah, like the kicking from Fuff wasn't great. Um, Le was not getting the ball in the best times. It doesn't seem it didn't seem like he was able to get the ball in good attacking positions. LaRue, VillaRue had 14 passes and LeBock had 10. So that gives you an indication as to maybe that LaRue was the one driving the show. And I mean, that's obviously to be expected in in, in a way, because LeBock's a young fly half. We know how important LaRue is and how good he is. But, you know, LeBoc is, you know, a really good attacker in his own right. And I think in the Australia game, it was much more of a partnership where in this one, there wasn't a bit of a connect. And I guess that is the one combination in the team on Saturday that didn't really have much minutes together. I mean, our front rows played tons together. Itzibeth and Aria played a lot together. We had the same loose chair that we had in Australia. Midfield has played, obviously, for years together, almost eight years now. Um, Back three has... I think they at least played the France game last year, ten and twelve, and nine and ten. When Faf came on, they just have never played together really. So I think that was the disconnect there. Then my Pollard point quickly is: Are we are we sure that Andre Pollard is going to just fit in seamlessly to how we're playing now? And this is not a. I mean, uh, look, I, I I like I like slandering Pollard for the fact that he can't pass out of his left out of his right hand, but. It's not more that, it's just this is a pretty different way to how we played than um, to how we played last time he played for the Springboks. And the change basically happened and maybe was necessitated by Pollard um, not being able to play. And obviously we had Willemsen and Yankees and those sort of fly halves, and then it was able to be like, okay, we're going to try a few more things and play wide. And like Cook said, Pollard's strength is the ability to go close to the gain line and to really engage the defense there. So does that mean, I guess more of a playmaking um, role for Vili? I guess so. That's been the case. I think in the, since the start of the Pollard larue relationship, I, yeah, I'm very interested to see how Pollard integrates into that. And unfortunately, as we've been saying, and Sean, I think you made this point earlier, we only have two games effectively with Pollard probably. And he's going to have to sort of fall in and and play the role very quickly. It seems like, you know, you're having a school play and the lead actor had mumps or tonsils or something and they have to now fall in and learn their lines very quickly. And yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about stocks up and stocks down, but definitely stocks up for Andre Pollard because we don't know what we don't have until it's gone. But I am I, I do have a concern as to how he falls into this game plan because... It's not similar to how Lens, I mean how Leicester Tigers play. It's not similar to how the Springboks have played. Really, it's a definitely a variation of it. And yeah, I'm wondering if it could either go two ways. Pollard does fall into it, or Pollard doesn't. And maybe Pollard in falling into it also gives it a bit more structure and a bit more pragmatism in, in you know the the things that he's really good at in terms of either carrying the ball himself or kicking or you know, making good decisions. So yeah, I'm very interested to see how that goes, Sean. It's
2: the way we're currently setting up a 10. So the thing about Pollard is he, so a lot of people didn't watch him uh, for Leicester. He was in incredible form. Like I thought that he was probably playing better than he did in 2019. And um, this is coming off three really average to poor years that, that he's really not really been informed, been struggling with injuries and an end. So he's really in good form. The problem with Pollard not being informed is he really, really hurts us when he's not in That is that is the one thing. What if we want to look at it from a way on how we're going to integrate Pollard back in? If we're going to integrate Pollard right back into what we're doing as if we did it on Saturday, it really looks like they're just keeping it really simple at 10. Like for Manny, Manny's getting into the test setup. So they're just keeping the simple stuff for him, not forcing him to make any crazy, you know, crazy decisions. It's really simple setup stuff, and that also works for someone coming back from injury, like Pollard. And then it looks like Vili, I know we've always spoken about how Vili is so vital on attack, but it's it's Vili's almost the captain of attack now, it seems. He's most certainly getting more hands on the ball over the last three test matches, um, specifically on attack, than what we've seen ever before. Even though he's been involved, he's not been involved with hands-on like this. So there's There's that you know we we can kind of integrate it a little bit in terms of what you said about um Libok with the um the nine ten twelve thirteen sort of platform and how it was going. I agree it was a little bit a little bit shaky. I thought Libok had a really great start to the test match um you know we it, everything was fine, it was simple. The forwards were doing the job he wasn't under too much pressure, and it all happened we We were struggling a little bit um we made one error. In the second half where 10, 12, and 13, the gap between Manny, it was awful line out. So the gap between Manny and the next man inside was ginormous and and Argentina didn't pick it, thankfully, because they would have gone straight through the middle. I don't know what happened there. Marx was at the back of the line out, line out and then Quacha ended up coming in, filling in the gap to I don't know what happened. He made the Smith made the the tackle. So so yeah, so I think you know I think one thing is clear though, and with this squad being announced, going to Argentina, Alton has has been released from the squad. I think it's abundantly clear that Manny Libak is a second choice fly half and he's going to the World Cup. So now we need to give him time. He needs to experience everything. He needs to experience a bad game. He needs to experience being good and then bad and bad and then good and gets the players around him. And that's just what we've we've got to do. Um, we're in a bit of a, a strange space where we have to give both of our fly halves all the time that's required and we can't, we can only do it one at a time or like they can only do 50% of it at maximum, you know? So yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting. Um, how I think time in the saddle fixes that, um, especially the, the, the 10, 12, 13, um, Damian Delendy is a great exit player, man. Like if you can get the ball to him as a 10, you know that he's making meters. It's ridiculous that he makes it over the advantage line as much as he does. Um, he's a great counter, I and everything. So he really is a, he's a great guy to have there for whether it's Libbock getting minutes or it's Pollard getting match fitness. Like you, we, we can't really go wrong with, with what we've got set up at the moment.
0: Yeah, Sean, I think you maybe have led us into the the new topic of discussion. Just one one more stat to mention or a few more stats to mention. Out of, I mean, Springboks and Argentina all conceded pretty much similar number of penalties. Um, Argentina 10, box 11 with the yellow card. I'm sorry, Argentina 10, box 12 with the yellow card. 11 of the 12 penalties conceded by the Springboks were in their own half, which is obviously of, yeah, that's not good because that means you're, Facing pressure, you're liable for yellow cards, like you're stuck in your own half, which is effectively what happened on Saturday. And yeah, big shout out to Steven Kitzel for three turnovers and Peter Stef to Toy for making 20 tackles as well. Let's talk quick stocks up and stocks down. Who you think let's start with the stocks up and be positive. Who do you think from the spring box or maybe even outside of the team in the spring box, whose stocks rose? Especially let's take it. Over the last um the over the whole rugby championship um we played three games we won two lost one who do you think stocks really rose now in in, in these last three weeks or even especially on Saturday
1: I think um, the big one is mine Lebock I think uh, like Sean mentioned the reasons there with Alton Young is being released and it's sort of minor box cementing himself as sort of the second 10 I thought his stocks definitely went up um Marvin Ori as well especially from that first game against Australia I thought yeah, probably his best game in a box, you know, in a box jersey. And I thought solid, solid again on the weekend. Um, and, um, probably, yeah, probably just done enough to, because, cause, I mean, I know Arkansas has come in and played the number, the number five role. But I think what, what what Marvin has done and, and he's shown his form into the storm is his lineup calling ability, his, his soft skills, his hands that he's been able to provide as well, like every time as a link man but with the backs. Um, I thought, I thought he's been good. Um, Dwayne 24 million, massive for him. I think yeah, he sort of bounced back into sort of Thor form. Started again in the weekend. Got a few, got a turnover. I think early in the first half, carried well. Um, so I, I thought yeah, and sort of back to back to Dwayne, the Dwayne that we know. Um, especially that first test. I thought on the weekend, I thought he was one of the better players as well on Saturday. So I think from the top of my head, I think those will be the ones that I feel like sort of stocks up. There, the, I mean. The rest, I mean, we know how Kitsi is. We know how how Malcolm Marks is, and um, guys who are just Star Wars the Springboks guys who probably didn't let themselves like let themselves down. But I think, um, but I think out of those, I think for me, those are, those are the three big big stocks up. I mean, Jean Klein solid on debut as well. He should get a game this weekend. But um, if I look back overall, I look at those three in just terms of how much, um, how much, how much. Uh, how much they stocked, how much they needed to sort of have a good rugby championship. And I thought those three didn't answer a lot of questions. And um, there'll be guys this weekend who need to also sort of guess for VISA, whatever questions to answer, especially with Dwayne coming back, that fight for that um, number eight jersey, Marvin sort of possibly get himself to a plane to France, Marnie cementing himself as a second number 10. So yeah, those, those are my three.
2: Yeah, I think a very good three indeed. Sean? Mine, uh, I want to add to that are two backs. Cooks, I totally uh, agree with you, but my two backs are one Ches and Colby. He, that man, he defends well. So there's a difference between defending well and tackling well. He does both on Saturday. I thought he defended brilliantly, but I, I never realized how hard he hits. He hits hard. He, he makes great decisions um on, on defense he saved our bacon a couple of times um and he put in a couple of massive hits so his stocks for me have definitely risen because there's been a lot of talk you know we've got um Kirtley orange and Moody that are are pushing for starting birth somewhere more 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 finishing clar than 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 Moody at the moment. So my pimpy's under pressure or supposedly according to the public. And so I thought He was brilliant. His stocks rose definitely. Um, He had a couple of injuries and, and, and whatnot through the season. Brilliant. The other is Jesse Creel. And I'm saying it on his performance, but I'm also saying it on everyone that hated on Jesse Creel the way they did when they saw that he was in the squad, let alone being selected, didn't say a single word this weekend. And they all started picking on Fuff. So, like, that basically very quietly said you know, Jesse Krill's stocks, Rose, because if the guys are not having go at him and it's not because they weren't having go at him, Jesse Creel played well. I thought defensively he was probably an, an eight and a half, nine out of 10, but I thought he's, his recovery was excellent. He picked up, he made two very, very minor errors, but his recovery is good. Like he, his, his special awareness of what's going down and how he gets there, like being off foot and, and what is brilliant. And he scrambled really well, made some big tackles, also hits like a sledgehammer. So those two for me were were incredible um, and uh, they they held us together a lot.
0: Yeah, just to add two more. Uh, number one, Vili LaRue. I think, I mean, this time last year, he was the bench, um, he was the fifteen off the bench because um, Damien Willemsa was given um, game time at 15. He... Seemed to assert himself as the first choice 15 up until Pollard got injured. And Leroux had a cameo roll off the bench. And yeah, obviously, it seemed like, okay, he was dropping off. And then even last year, I, I had a bit of a worry that he might even drop off sort of the full squad um, when Ches and was picked at fullback um, against Ireland. But, you know, Villaroux, they don't call him diehard for nothing. And Villaroux came back, came back well. Came back with a bazooka of a left boot as well. I think his field kicking has been exemplary in the in the three test matches. and We know how good he is in attack. We recently all saw that um, stat from up to Johnny saying he's... I think it's only him... or it's only Burnham Barrett and Aaron Smith that have more assists than him um, since he debuted, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm stuck between calling him Vili Ozil or Vili De Bruyne, um, contrary to calling him call- from Chelsea...
2: You can call him Willie the Sloth if if you saw the 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 pregame for. photo. You can call oh, him the, um, the, the, the big, the big pregame <laughs> photo. He's got that like really like soft slothy smile. So it's almost uh, there's there's a <laughs> there's a kids movie out with a with a sloth is the, in the traffic department.
1: Reminds me of that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, Cooks was
1: was Tyler yeah. taking shots again. Yeah, at my, at, my, at my football team, I did nothing wrong. We just won a trophy in the weekend. Tyler's giving us. <laughs> Give me shots. Sure. So, you know on, how man. dragons
2: feel. Now you know how the dragons feel. We just sang, eh?
1: Chances
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for uh, the dragons. Yes, yeah, he. Yeah, and the other, the other one I was gonna mention was I think I mentioned earlier, but Henry Pollard. Boy, does he not look important right now. Um you can say the stock's, about, stocks are very much up. You can say the same about Sierra. It's like going up in the world rankings without playing. Yeah. No, he's he's definitely, I mean, through his absence, you see, like, his importance. And, yeah, you know, again, not really because um, LeBoc had a bad game on Saturday. I think he had a decent game, all things considered. But you just see, like, the the importance of experience. You see the importance of, you know, the kicking that Pollard has. That You see, the, like, that year or the 2019 World Cup year when Pollard was kicking over 80%, like, how important that was in, in terms of winning the World Cup as well. So all of those things just show how important Pollard is. And may we never see Fafta and Ches and Colby kick for polls unless it's like the last game of their testimonial. Um, yeah, I think Andre Pollard has really put himself up there um, through his absence. And it yeah, I I I I always thought maybe it's it's a bet that's the most important player. You can argue for someone, you can argue for Lukanyo, um, you can maybe even have an argument for someone like Malcolm Marx or Franz Malerba, I mean, maybe even Steven Kitzel. But I think Pollard is maybe climbing above those now at the moment because you just see the things that are missing when he's not there in the team. So I think the stocks are definitely up for him as well. Yeah, and stocks for Mkanembe as well. I mean who thought you would have made a a big house song in 2005 and you'd still be eating off it. So big stocks up for him as well. So it's, let's go, let's go negative, um, Sean. Stocks down or yeah. And I would, maybe this is a a good place to start it and to have this um, discussion quickly. I mean, stocks not necessarily down for Grant Williams himself. I think just a big opportunity missed and, I mean, I can't really see him being picked in the Springbok squad because I don't think he's going to be playing in at least two or three weeks. Um, but oof, stocks down on how the officiating team handled that whole situation, unfortunately.
2: you took the words out of my mouth. Um, I thought so. We know we know that um, that Malia has been um, cited, so it was clearly. Uh, found as a, uh, what well, reached the red card threshold and that's why he's been cited. Um, but the most important thing was how it was handled by the officials. Well, honestly, yellow card penalty, yellow card, red card aside, like they just didn't blow the whistle and um, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. Like, and, and I, I did see there was a bit of heat that brace took about the second one when the Argentinian went down, but to be fair, he was kind of in the ruck. So it was a little bit hard to see, even though that indicates at least, but yeah, I just thought the way so early in the game, uh, and just perhaps maybe just needed a second or two, like no one's really ready for that, but it, it was, it was a shocker, um, on, on the actual ruling, I thought. Everything was fine, except I thought he was reckless and it was head contact, so therefore it starts as a red and then the mit- I thought he would be mitigated down to a yellow because just because he made contact with the ball and he was kind of in the right place. But I don't know. Um, I just think it was most certainly a penalty. So, yeah, that's absolutely stocks lost for Andrew Brace, who we face uh, as refereeing us against uh, uh, Wales um, in uh, three weeks' time or something. So not everyone freak out don't worry he'll be he'll be okay don't stress the other and i agree totally is grant williams and it's not anything to do with him it's just purely because the opportunity and i agree i think i think that's his world cup and it burns me to say that because i want him to go yeah the one person who is not an up or down is a is a middle is is <laughs> is fuff fuff is like <laughs> He's like the epitome of shit. Good. I like, he does, he does stuff like he's kicking in the first half was poor, but he, he was okay. Then the second half he was doing like, a, he was defending like a beast. Like he was just running up. So we are so lucky that he's only like two bricks and a ticky high because he runs in so hard that he would be red carded every second game because he's coming in too high. But my word, he, he tackles hard and he, He's all over the show. He's defending in places that I didn't expect a nine to defend. But yeah, he's up and down. Like, <laughs> he makes some weird decisions. And uh, and then he really makes up for it with a whole bunch of other things. So I don't think anyone really dropped off. Like, there's no one in that team on Saturday that I thought was bad. I thought people made errors. Um, I thought some guys played better than others. But no one... No one would, would send Jacques Ninaba away scratching his head going, shit, can I trust him in a World Cup? So interesting times ahead for the selectors, but no one really, no one really lost stocks except for, for Granti, and that's got nothing to do with him.
0: Cooks, what are your stock markets saying about what went down? I
1: think if you look at the championship overall, I think a lot of them is the guys that play against the All Blacks. I think they... They stocks took a dent. You look at Jasper Visa. You look at Franco Mostat, hence them. You think you, you 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 going into this this year. You you, you sort of felt like someone like Franco Mostat is is a one of the few names you see in Penn, whether he's starting or in the bench, and it looks like he's sort of leaning towards the, the Romania games and and I, and with the form of Kockasman, Smith, I mean, Smith basically covers everywhere, so and and it wouldn't surprise me to see more of a five three split Elsa well from the spring box as well. I think it's something that they, they will definitely look into I think it's, it I don't think it' would be full on six two all the way, so I think if it goes five three it it, it probably is someone like Franco who misses out because I mean it's still got hold of that number I don't know why it was number twenty on the weekend, but um, but still got hold of that number nineteen jersey yeah, and, well, and what then, was you know, that about yeah i was very, I was like why what comes out there so like why is number is he, like <laughs> And this the call pulled rank, like high rank, but it was, <laughs> it was very weird.
2: Was a, couldn't run in that. Couldn't run in that jersey. He'd, it would be like at his ankles. So maybe that was that was the call. It was a size call, <laughs> as you said. He
1: pulled height rank. No, hundred percent. But um, yeah, I thought I think those two. I think oh, I'm obviously think it's concerned with that. It's an injury thing. So so we know how he'll be. But I, I do think. Jasper Visa. I think Jasper's also due to the fact how well Dwayne's playing um, it's it's a we left in a last year saying that Jasper's the out and out eight because we, we remember last year we saw Dwayne play 30 minutes against the All Blacks and sort of get taken over at his park. we're like okay cool maybe like Dwayne is done and now sort of Dwayne is sort of having going through a full season with Ulster and now you can see sort of back into game mode and then comes came back very very well against um, Against Australia, someone like Jasper, who didn't, his, his against, um, who, who didn't have one of his best games against um who didn't have one of his best games against the Joebert and Dwayne also was a lot better when he came back when he came, when he came off the bench. So yeah, I think Jasper and Franco probably are the two big ones, and they are got a massive test this weekend to sort of fight for the um fight for the fight for the um for the spot. Also, I think um, a big sufferer as well is Jean-Luc Dupree's passport that just got stamped in New Zealand. Got stamped in South Africa, it's about stamped in Buenos Aires <laughs> and it's a good chance he's going to play in your rugby. <laughs> I reckon he starts so, this I week. Go. I reckon he
2: starts.
1: Oh, geez. Shock I he hope so. Was in, he was in New Zealand with, he went, like, he went early and we played played the entire 80 minutes, came there and, started and he's like, so, so basically you're not playing now. So, Sean, I, I hope that he plays. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just purely so just purely so we don't piss sale sharks off because let's be honest like sale would have said you can take him but you know if you're going to stuff him around why don't you leave him here i he can do preseason. he's going to go back there and have to do pre-season late Poor guy.
0: yeah stocks down also for um firstly the steven um household i mean speaking of someone with a busy passport ah. i don't know if there's any pages left in the gets passport um I saw this morning that um, his his lovely wife, Mrs. Spicy Spicy Plum, she went on a bit of a liking spree of all these tweets talking about Stephen Kitzoff traveling all around the world and playing rugby in different countries every week, and she was enjoying the crap out of it. So I'm hoping I don't know if if, if yeah, either she's trying to send a message to Ninab or maybe Stephen Kitzoff is using his wife's using her. Um, Twitter to send a message. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But I tell you, we, we've had some, the wives of the players have been absolutely brilliant with the banter. Like they've come out fighting for their husbands, but they've also very quietly like, let people know, like, hang on a second, why, why is Kits Off going? What, can, we, can we have that discussion? Like, why? I, I don't think there's anyone on earth that thinks it's a good idea, but I think World Rugby have maybe said we have to take six props. So they're staking him. Like, did was there like a Ching Chong Chow? In in the changing room afterwards, did he miss a boat race? Like, did he lose at a boat race? What happened? <laughs> what happened? How did, how does it work? Like, did he... Was oh. it a coin flip? he
0: lose at Monopoly? What's the vibe? He must be so tired of um, airports. <laughs> I just want to say that. No, and he's a he massive be,
1: human. Like, he yeah. can't fit into all of those chairs either. I bet you he was probably, like, having... When when the squad announced, it's probably chilling, you know, just having a beer, you know, for the game. It's been a long <laughs> test, just chatting to the guys and the coach's name in the squad. He's probably telling France, like, listen, bud, what are we gonna do this week? What, what when you fly into Cape Town? Like, are you know, are you gonna stay in Canada for three or four days, then come back to Joburg? And it's like, hey, Kitsy, by the way, you're flying a you flying Sunday morning to Argentina. You probably couldn't believe. He's it. like, what? He's <laughs> probably like, I feel like I would love to have the conversation with Kitsy and wanted to be the flannel over the conversation of Stephen telling his wife that like, listen, so, uh, yeah. I'm going Imagine. to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel, Cancel the breakfast
0: at Steve. Cancel the lunch end. at Babylon um, Square. Yes.
2: Yes, they would have had plans because he would have been home. But I, more importantly, I, I like, I think he's in one of those like big ice bars and, uh, and, and him and France are like sharing a beer, like they're having a bomb squad or something and just chilling there. And all of a sudden he sees his name. I can just see him getting out, putting like grabbing a hand towel and trying to force it around his, his body and trying to find Jacques Ninob, go knock on his hotel room door. Sorry, not available at the moment. <laughs> Like he would have been, been hunting, <laughs> going to find someone. Like what's going on? There's, there's a mistake here. And everyone, you know, as you walk around the corner, the doors close and everyone doesn't make eye contact. I can see it. I can see it happening. Oh,
1: spicy there must be like some blowing a fuse. It must be like some sort of like prop consecutive games played by a prop record that, he, that he's sort of chasing or something that someone, someone knows about that we haven't been told. Like <laughs> first prop <laughs> to ever play 65 <laughs> games in a row in four different continents. Like, there has to be some <laughs> sort of because <laughs> everyone has gotten arrested but Stephen Kitsov. Like, it was like, oh, by the way, ox is down. Okay, cool, Kitsy, cancel your flight to to cancel your flight to New Zealand. You're starting, you play 16 minutes. And by the way, when you get to New Zealand, you're starting there as well. Like it's like, it was like probably like, thinking, what the hell is going on? And and, and one surprise me next weekend will be like, Kitsy, listen, I got bad news. I got good news, I got bad news for you. You have to play, but the good news is that you're a captain. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's look at the positives here, buddy
2: No, the conversation will be like Kitsi, we just want to let you know That you have been nominated captain Well done, congrats Also, here's your number one jersey Off you go Yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's definitely He might definitely see himself as captain It's either him or Kharov Cup at this point um, Yeah, so I think to That man's just got to the eight miles, eh? He's, he, he will have He must be at business class Oh, he must be so happy that He's flying with SA Rugby and not with um, the URC. This is true. He, would, he would have
2: gone via Mexico, Dubai, um, Southampton, <laughs> and Oslo to get there. Now he's like, holy shit, you know, we've got sh- we literally got straight line flights from one city to another. Never heard of it. It's a lie.
0: <laughs> I swear that's why Kolisi signed for Racing. Rass- he saw those um, economy class seats and he said, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm going to Racing.
1: <laughs> one. D- one trip to Manchester is like, ain't no way I'm going, coming back to Limerick. No way, Jose. <laughs> 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 and as we
0: lose more listeners and in, 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 in Cork, yeah. thanks hey, to those Chris, guys must like, yeah, so shout out the game,
1: Those guys put a uh, Ed Sheeran concert. Over a URC semifinal, so they can relax themselves there. <laughs> so, like, they must just relax. They're gonna play, they're gonna play like, they're they, they gonna play Grey Bloom's field, like, there's new fields from a school somewhere to play a semifinal. So, they won't <laughs> come here and zombie me, but so they just must just relax. And so, that will be fine.
2: Tala, I tell you what, uh, you and I, we could actually become millionaires if we work out the algorithm of who. Cooks is going to tackle next week <laughs> because, in fact, it'll be it'll be Munster next week. It's normally two weeks in a row that he abuses people. I don't know if it's going to grow to three weeks because it's Munster, the URC champs. Um, but yeah,
1: oh. don't don't worry we're gonna, guys to all he...
2: the dirt trackers. We're going to take bets as to who Cooks is going to pick on next.
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is, when, when you talk Players' uh, Cup, Melbourne Rebels fans better switch off. <laughs> <laughs> They have now. enough
0: to go through. Shame.
2: And then the All I'm Blacks saying. made us play in a, in a league stadium, not even the, the rugby union stadium.
1: Everyone's, everyone's oh, in, in, in the scope, eh? Hey? Everyone's in the scope. Don't get me started. Don't get me started <laughs> about a match. Sounds like doesn't give a shit about games anymore. Don't we play at cricket stadiums? <laughs> we played at the other... We're just playing anywhere. I can't wait until we play set, uh, All Blacks versus Springboks in the Tempen Bowling Arena. Just, 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 you just, you just you <laughs> play, taking rugby games wherever we go. Oh, um,
0: shit. Do I break the news to Cooks now or later? Um, Cooks, have you seen this, the kickoff time for the New Zealand-Australia game on Saturday?
1: Tell her. Oh, tell her. <laughs> if it's at half <laughs> past nine, I'm going to He's lose it. Tea. I'm going to lose it. What time is kickoff on Saturday?
0: 4.35.
1: In, In the morning. In the morning. In the morning. Why? Oh. <laughs> Is it one of those afternoon? Te- is it one of those afternoon tests again? Is it one of- it, the, yes. the place has a roof. It's like indoors. Why do you <laughs> play it in the day? That is the dumbest thing. Oh, Sanzo is fucking yeah. the worst <laughs> run regular organization in the world. How do you have an afternoon test for a stadium that has indoors that can close the roof? So whether it rains or it's cold, it doesn't matter. So they play opposite like like, four, like in the afternoon. So you're telling me the box are playing at one in the morning? And Australia are you know, playing Hoppers 4. So you basically you're watching rugby this weekend. So you're watching Stuart, Stuart, uh, Steve's both with his team with 9 million changes. Like is that what you're doing this weekend? Hoppers 4 oh. in the morning. To watch, is it on Sunday or Saturday? It's on Saturday. Saturday. Oh, so you is, don't oh. have to
2: stay up after the book game.
1: That is the that, that is the dumbest thing. Oh, the all blacks and they're winning now. So they, they can do whatever they want. That's the worst part. Oh, I hate those guys. <laughs> Damn you, Jason Ryan. <laughs> this this I promise you, has uh, been I promise you, this uh, is this is this is Bernard Foley's fault for not kicking the ball out last year. This is flipping the Springbok's fault for not beating the all blacks last year. We would not have to deal with any of this nonsense. Because if you're eighth in the world, you can't decide <laughs> what time you're gonna play games. Now they're first in the world again. Like, no, you are gonna play. Guys, you can't you can't change times for test matches. I promise you, the next box test must be at fucking half past 11, like a first-team rugby game. Then those Wallaby fans can suffer and watch the team play at three in the morning. This is, How can the game be at <laughs> half past four in the morning? That is so selfish. Oh, I hate the All Blacks <laughs> so much. Thank you for ruining my day, Tyler. Thank you for ruining my week. I'm not watching the game, guys. I'm telling you for a fact. On Monday, if you ask me about the All Blacks, and and I'm not talking about them in <laughs> protest. I'm not coming to the protest. They to didn't today, even
2: yeah, they I, didn't I, even play. And who cares about Bill <laughs> the was Cup the anyway? two,
0: two. Finn, the Finn might play just, this
2: weekend.
1: Finn might play this hey. weekend, so you have to come and pod with us. Yeah. No, well, will. You know, I watched some... Oh, just, I, don't, I don't feel like watching the Six Nations light on all of a I want to watch some rugby championship Not I'm going to watch <laughs> stupid warm-up games, England versus <laughs> Wales, versus and Ireland. I, I don't know what Islands playing. Oh, Tonga's probably playing French barbarians. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. So diff- I'm so deflated <laughs> now. <enough. laughs> Just hate Cooks, I just so didn't much. want
0: you to wake up at nine. Think you're turning on the game. You're going to listen to Gran Nisbet call Mareka um, Korobete Makazole Mapempi. And then you're watching highlights of Paul Ruiz against Otenico or something like that.
1: And <laughs> no, the worst part is like, <laughs> I can't even trust the Wallabies to even beat the Oblex. Flipping hell, man. Like that's the, that's the worst part. Like those clowns will lose by eight, 90 points this weekend, probably. <laughs>
0: Actually, maybe yeah, let's do a, a quick segue into Bledisloe Cup 1. And the Wallabies giving, I don't even know if you can say false hope. I mean, they were leading for a while. First team to score against the All Blacks in the first half in the Rugby Championship in six games. And then they lost 30, 38 points to seven. So, Sharkey, almost a rugby score. Well, I mean, almost was, a cricket almost score. A cricket yeah.
2: Well, what did I call? Six, six, for, six for 68. After day one at MCG. Yo. I, I, wouldn't have minded, um, I wouldn't have minded the Kiwis. W- once they got that point, I wouldn't have minded them just putting the hammer down just for shits and giggles. But it's more for my ego than anything else. Um, yeah, flip, man. Oh. Uh, Eddie Jones is catching some serious heat, eh? Some serious
1: heat at the moment. Geesh, but, Sean, but also like he's not he, he's not helping himself as well like I think like the thing is again like but also I'm the worst like he he he, he sort of he tricks me every time Showing he tricks me in the week but but mentioning the, the the economy is gonna go down and his words they mesmerize me and I think something good's gonna happen and I'm just like okay cool I think Eddie's gonna flip and make do something special so. and then but again they showed glimpses in the first half especially I thought oh geez they're playing quite well and they decided to we'll concede two trials in like in, in six minutes before half time. You're like, okay, that's game over. But, um, yeah, it's massively tough for, for Eddie Jones. I mean, it, it probably will be his fourth loss in a row. I just can't, I just can't see them beating the All Blacks this weekend when they played. Yeah, what changes he wants? No, no. what changes he won. Like, I, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, that's, now you've lost al as well. Um, Yes, oh, like and and
2: two no, probably not going to play this weekend. Taniela Tupou oh, also man, went no. off injured. Um, well, not injured. He went off for a yellow card, but it was almost off injured. Um, yeah, crazy. But Eddie Jones, he the thing is, is he makes it easy for people to hate him that want to hate him because he's always in the media, always having good little banter. But I tell you one thing. Everyone in Australia is talking about rugby union, which is basically what he wants. He doesn't care. If, well, he does care that they're losing, but I mean, everyone's talking about it. And when they're busy fighting for market share in in that country against uh, other sports that have much more money and are, they're probably a little bit better at. But yeah, Flip Man, he is making life hard for himself and uh, he's. I hope that contract's tight, signed up and is, has uh, is been checked over by 35 different uh, <laughs> advocates. <laughs> Who is? Sorry. He, might, he might not make the World Cup at this stage. Well, he'll be fine. He'll be set if he doesn't make the World Cup or if he does, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, uh, let's not, don't get me started on, um, <laughs> on Hollywood Rudolph Strowley because this guy has just come all the way back to Australia to shoot ads, to go on podcasts, Talk about how much he loves rugby mate. And this is okay, he's not even coaching this team. Like, how that is was your tactic bro. for Australia, one of the sm- one of the smaller rugby, like international rugby union teams in, in tier one? How is your tactic for them, for them to defend and to try and absorb teams with their defense? How are you asking Will Skelton to be in a team where someone's making 32 tackles? Like, what are we <laughs> doing here? I just don't get what Eddie Jones' plan is. I mean, the defense first thing works for the Springboks. We're big. We have a scrum. We have a line out. We can do that and win games because just on physicality alone, we can, you know, do something. It can't work for the Wallabies. You're actually better set to actually have them run from, you know, the try line and to do what um, Harry Fulhune did in the 90s and said, you're not allowed to kick. That probably has more <laughs> results or chance of results than what he's doing right now. So but, look, like, but Hollywood but, Naka but, but, Jotsky needs to go.
1: <laughs> Hollywood knocker. Who do you want John Collins to come back? Basically, just, just I, go. Look at
0: this. Ewan you McKenzie, your time has arrived, sir. So I come was back. just gonna say, so
2: so do you know that Eddie Jones is trying to get Ewan McKenzie back into the mix, eh? Yeah. Now there's a guy mm-hmm. that Australian rugby I like I know the how he left the Australian role was under a little bit of cloud because of some shenanigans that happened on, but they should really have kept him in the game somehow, and they didn't, and they lost him. There's two people that this world needs more in international rugby: Ewan McKenzie and Robbie Deans. i I believe that with all of my heart. And uh, Shockey, it looks like Ewan McKenzie might come back.
1: Shocky, you just like Ewan McKenzie because he sits in the stands when he coaches, like like they do in the, in the French, in the top 14. Just be honest <laughs> with me, that's fine. That's fine. But I, uh, I just, I just don't understand. Like, I, man, like also. Guys, you know, for for a long time in the game, Tate, Mc, Tate McDonald was the captain of the Wallabies. I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Jackson, I was like, "What?" I was like, "What?" Talking about talking about going down, eh? Yeah, I was like, Tate McDermott goes from like from the bench, and next thing you know, he's, he's captain of the Wallabies." I was like, "I don't know what's going on here." Like, I can't. Like, <laughs> and next I thing, thing like, you know, he's captain I of the of Wallabies. I was like, "I was like, what is he the vice captain?" I was like, "There's so many players here." And I was like, "This team." Like, Nick White's right there. But also, like, it's, it's weird. Like, now they've also gone, like, full-on, like, shame. I, I thought poor Carter Gordon was sent to the absolute wolves on the weekend. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's a two good cameo performers of the bench. But also, it's one thing coming off the bench against Springboks when you're down 43-3, anybody <laughs> looks good in a situation. Against those Pumas, they lost the game because of game management Yes, you showed glimpses, but who's why did it lose the game against those Pumas? You got two inexperienced halfbacks to close the game out. So what does Eddie Jones do? Surprise, surprise. I'm gonna start them against the All Blacks, who are rampant at the moment. And I'm gonna put my experienced guys on the bench because you know what? Because I need an experiment, and guess what? 38-3. I just don't understand <laughs> what is going on. I can't t- you can't tell me the best fly from Australia is someone who plays for the Melbourne Rebels, who only probably qualified for the playoffs because there's, four, there's 12 teams and there's probably like 12 playoff spots in the Super Rugby Pacific. I was like, what is going on in Australia? They've gone backwards. You go from just losing to France to looking like you cannot actually play rugby. Like, oh, and you get Eddie Jones in. Like they've, the Warriors have actually gone backwards. They've, like, they've actually gone backwards. The only good thing they've done this year is not schedule a test on a Thursday and actually play on Saturdays. But, but where do they play? MCG. Like, oh, oh, Fiji and Georgia, I am praying to all the rugby gods that you knock this team out of the World Cup early. But <laughs> then somehow, the World Cup gets moved from Australia to South Africa. And the Lions beat them 3-0. They lose every touring game. I don't want Australia to win another test match in this next four-year cycle. That's how annoyed I am Jeez. at the wallet because they keep making me look like fools. They made me fools on Saturday because I said, guys, Eddie's got a plan. Now I'm a fool now. Now I can't talk to rugby in front of people again, because of Eddie Jones and the <laughs> stupid Australian team. I dislike them so much. I, dislike, I just want the worst things to happen to them. All Blacks win by 120-0. That's what I want this weekend in the first half. I want them to have to call the game I'll short, give... like, they're doing for, like they do under nine games. Call it short. Like, no more. <laughs> this can't go on. Stop the count. That's my dream. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's all game, what Eddie. they're doing.
0: I'll give Eddie this. The adverts are quite cool.
1: I, I, oh, I like brilliant. the
0: adverts. But he's clearly only there to, like you said, Sean, he's there to promote the game. Like, rugby? No, 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 no. Don't, we don't do that here. But let's try the game plan that didn't work for England. The whole formation list. We don't have pods. We just, whoever's closest to the rack. If you feel led to clean out a rack, go for it. If you don't, stand out in the back line. You can do whatever you want. Akira, you on his dream. Um, you are going to now be a defensive, park-the-bus, Jose Mourinho-type team. Why? Who knows? It's not like the Wallabies have like one of the weaker defences in, 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 in rugby. It's not like the Wallabies don't concede like 10 penalties every game. This was the first game that the Wallabies haven't conceded 10 penalties in, I think, 11 internationals. Like, and they still had two yellow cards. Then, Marika Korobete... Marika Korobete is the best rugby player I've seen who knows only 45% of the laws. Because <laughs> I have no idea what he was doing for that yellow card. No idea what he thought he was doing. Like, why would you go for the ball there? <laughs> and then for just desserts, Mark Talea skins him with a goose stitch. Oh Gitch. my word. Yeah, that was Jeez. proper. Yeah, that was proper. He was...
2: He was on his knees, he was in one place and then all of a sudden he was in another place and Taliyah was gone. He glitched. It's the only way. It's the only way. <laughs> listen. Oh my word. Keegan Horn, the, the pro-tier hockey player, came up with the chip of the century and said that's what happens when he tries to use his arms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. And the things like Corbin, he gets away with it. I mean, like, listen, Corbin is, I would say he was one of the best swingers in the world and he's probably still, I mean, he's a good player. But there's times you're like there's Oak, I don't think Oak knows besides running and catching the ball, like giving the ball and, and then and you will not you're not rap when you tackles, but like anything else is, is a is an absolute mystery to him. Like, and also like guys, I think we need to put together <laughs> mystery. a petition. I think we put together we need to try to get Rob Valentini out of Australia very very quickly. Big Rob does not deserve Please. this, guys. He does not deserve this, guys. I was like, oh, and also it took Eddie Jones <laughs> three down. games to to realize that Rob Valentini is his best ball carrier because he carried five times, I think five or six times in two games. Eventually, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, this is your best ball carrier and, and they play a lot better and then obviously they fell apart because what it was we need to get a drop of Valentini out of there. Like, can he go play for Tonga? Can he go play? You know, I don't know. Like, like I mean, I would love him to Africa but like, we already have like 65 loose forwards. Like, you know, he's not Samoan or, or Fijian. Like, Even many. to Wales,
0: man. No,
1: no, 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 no. no, no. The, the, they they don't deserve they don't deserve. They don't deserve Rob Valentini. They can have like a uh, Rob Leoda <laughs> and who's that other guy? Uh, that that, that Lachlan, someone. They just that Lachlan, that, that, that big, even that, 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 that big number seven. Yeah, was just come and just hit people in the head. Like I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, Swinton. <laughs> yeah, oh, that that's guy, it. That's Swinton, right. That's what they deserve. That oh, guy. Guys, remember that experiment? <laughs> Swinton hit man. You got <laughs> yeah, to. You got to look. What happened to Pete What happened to Samu? Exactly. Booted dropped. Beated. Of all people to <laughs> drop pizza home. But...
2: This is but a guy that was about to get an all-black... He was about to get an all-black call-up because he was tearing up trees for the Crusaders and thought, no, let me go to Australia. And then everything just went tits up in his career.
0: <laughs> Shame. I, I don't understand Eddie Jones. I genuinely, I think he tries to do too much. Like, yeah, I'm not saying John Connolly is right. Connolly is right. I'm not saying John Connelly is wrong, no. You should also listen to um, our friends at Raw Rugby. They had Sumo Stevenson on, and he also had a big rant about Eddie Jones and how he treats the media and how he thinks he's smarter than everyone. And Yeah, yeah look, I thought Eddie was cooking something with England. I still have that belief that it would have come together by now. Yes, but you agree. can't take the same plan that would take about three years for the players to be familiar with and say, hey, we have, what, two months until the World Cup? Can you guys try and figure out this non-Pod system that you've never played before? Cool, 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 cool. But it's crazy. So, How well, many games have they got? They've got two games left before two. the World Cup, so they would have two. had
2: five in and, total. And, and both. New Zealand and the, I, are they playing France?
1: France, France as well? Bro. Yes, Rugby France, good my guy. Yes, <laughs> I need France to absolutely hurt them. That's what I need to happen.
0: So, yeah, shout out in terms of tacking stats. Massive tackle stats on Saturday. Tom Hooper, it was 32 tackles, but I guess the audit made it 30 tackles. Um, what, I think seven tackles off the Thierry Ducatois record for an international game. Nick Frost with 22. How much? Ducatois was 38, I think, in the World Cup final. Oh, goodness. Oh, my word. So, Hooper, your first test, as a blindside flank is to play against the biggest team in the world. Your second test is now you're an open side flank playing against the team on the hottest form in the world, and make about twenty percent of the tackles of your whole team. Good luck. Um, Nick Frost made makes 25 twenty five tackles in as the first a half. eh? He made twenty five yes. tackles in the first half. Yeah, like I don't understand that. Actually, also shout out to Dalton Papali. He seems to love making a lot of tackles when he plays for the All Blacks. Like that's his thing. Remember that Island game in 2021 in the end of your tour, he made like, I think also close to 30 tackles in this game where New Zealand won by 30 points. He makes 26 tackles and he has (laughs) 10 more tackles than the next person for New Zealand. What's he doing?
2: Everything by the sounds of things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, his carry stats weren't too bad as well. And he had six passes and five carries like, you see, was just having fun on Saturday. It was only one <laughs> player that did anything
2: more. for the All Blacks, and that was a guy by the name of Scott Barrett.
0: Dalton, oh, I'm getting he, was just to being,
2: him. he was just doing side, side stuff.
0: Okay, I want to get to Scott Barrett just now. One more point I want to make is Nick Frost, 23 tackles. He's the locking partner. He's doing a lot. I got a tweet from someone saying, look at Will Skelton stopping him all. He's not a fraud. Eat your words. We'll skeleton stel- stats for Saturday. 15 meters carried for four carries. He's supposedly this big ball carrier. He made four passes. He had a good offload. I saw the offload. Seven tackles when your opposite partner made 23 tackles. What are you doing? And then I'll give him this. Two turnovers. He was great in the moors. Like, yeah. Look, I'm sure the big show was also great as a wrestler. But he clearly wasn't as consistent as the other wrestlers. Like, yeah, just because you're big and you can do some stuff doesn't mean you're now
1: world class. That's what my whole thing with Will
0: skeleton. So What did he to- do to you? Stop calling world class. That's all I want people to stop.
1: <laughs> even apologize to him for now, now that that, that apologies got revoked very quickly. <laughs> Is it even an apology if it doesn't count anymore?
2: It couldn't even, I mean, (laughs) that apology, I think, I mean, I think that podcast is still being listened to. Like it's still fresh.
0: (laughs) I Okay. I apologize now to Ronan Ogara, who the reason why I apologized the first time was that I saw he, I'm not sure he follows me anymore, but I saw he was following me on Twitter and I was like, oh, wow. I could be assistant coach for La Rochelle. And then I thought, okay. The best thing for me to do is, and Will Skelton's coming to Cape Town, I need to apologize to him. But if I receive so one more tweet... Gnosing. 100%. <laughs> if I receive one more tweet <laughs> about Will Skelton being world-class, when Scott Barrett had one of the best games at lock on Saturday, has been having an amazing season, he's miles better than what ever Will Skelton has done in an international career. Can we talk about Scott Barrett, please? And can we talk about how he hates all wannabe
1: scrum-offs. Yeah. Truth. No, cheapest. Poor Ted McDormand, McDormand, the leader of the the free world. He got absolutely <laughs> smoked by cheapest, <laughs> Like, he got absolutely smoked. And the, what, what what Scott Barrett did to Nick, uh, Nick, like, Nick White, like it is the best piece of shithouse I've ever seen in the rugby field. Like, taking someone and pulling <laughs> their lips and telling to, to keep quiet. That was incredible. <laughs> Now what's what's he gonna do
2: against Towerico in the World Cup when the two face each other? I mean he's an old teammate. Now he's nice got nice wearing wallaby gold.
0: Oh, he's crunching he, it.
2: He's gonna he's gonna have to try and eat him. But to be fair, Toeriko is a is, is is a big human, can take it. Should be fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just had an insane game just in general, though. Never mind, Jeez. you know, mentally abusing the Australian scrum offs 42 meters, four defenders beaten, one break, 11 carries, six passes, 11 tackles, and three turnovers, most in the game. Like, he's in absolute hot form. And just, I mean, I think the once, I mean, look, this is the 23 for the New Zealanders um, for the World Cup. I think we have to just all accept that. Caleb Clark, I don't know how, but welcome to New Zealand's best 23. What (laughs) do we do? (laughs) Cooks, let me ask you. What do we do about Sam Whitelock? Because it doesn't seem like, I mean, Frizzell and Barrett are doing the things. I think Whitelock will have to be like that Victor Matfield comes off the bench, tries to like win games from, for them from their type of role now.
1: Um, it, it is tough because I do, th- well, I mean, Sam Whitelock was also having a very, very good season for the Crusaders before he got injured. He's yeah. been playing very good rugby, especially from end of last year to now. So he hasn't been playing good rugby, but I think, the All Blacks are in a good position where you can sort of ease in someone like Sam Whitelock, sort of have him as your finisher, because Scott Barrett has probably been the form All Black at the moment. And it, it, it's, it's so hard to sort of put him on the bench. I mean, he's been, oh, geez, he's, playing, he's been playing good rugby. And, and, and um, yeah, I think it's, it's a good place to be for the All Blacks. There's someone like Sam Whitelock sort of easing, easing the way back in. You um, talk about stocks up. I think the All Black stocks have, have skyrocketed from... The, the The plummets of were the, the, where they were last year where you could probably sell them for about twenty two cents so um but like now they're sort of risen and risen and sometimes Scott Barrett has been key to that and um, and the crazy thing about it is they're doing all of this and and i, and I this might be a hot take, but I feel alreadyvier has not hit the strides yet sort of it's sort of been easy into it. it hasn't been Ardi, Ardi. Or maybe he looks better when he has to basically play on his own and sort of hold the, hold the hold the whole team yes. together. But I mean, like, but I still yes. think Ardy hasn't hit the straps yet, and and his pack is playing a lot better. Jason Rowell probably done the the best coaching job in the world and the The quick turnaround in the pack because the pack looked absolutely useless in Nelsbridge, no Came down here, they sort of flew him up quickly, and then sort of since that day, the pack has sort of fronted up and they've been been very good. And I think yeah, something like Ardi wasn't even forward. a year ago. I know, it wasn't it wasn't, and that's a scary part. I mean, the fact that this coaching group, I'm sure George Smith will probably stay in his, like whatever role he does, come with Razor next year. So they're sort of actually almost building up for this World Cup and, sort of, and springboarding that into the next four years, which is, and Wayne Smith sort of comes back in the mix. So that is very, very scary. And
0: they're it's... hitting their
1: straps at the perfect time. And they definitely look like the form team, but also like everyone calling the All Blacks the best team in the world. Can they just relax? Calm down. You're like, we want do, to yes. we, we do this thing. Like We watch the Six Nations, you're like, oh, France, Ireland, they're the best. And then, the, the, <laughs> then we play rugby championship, you we go like, stuff those guys, this is your rugby. Let's not forget, the all Blacks still have, still need to play Ireland again. They lost games against France and Ireland. They haven't been there for a while. I think that, the, if I'm not mistaken, the all Blacks have lost the last two tests to France. Ireland wakes up in the morning and beat them from a drunken stumper at this stage. You can just wake up and beat <laughs> the All Blacks. I mean, so... <laughs> he's still
0: chasing first. shadows.
1: Yeah, let them get through that first. Like I think the All Blacks are probably, form-wise, coming off the championship, they're in a better place. But I do think the Northern, Hem- the Northern Hemisphere side, especially a team that as, as structures as Ireland, still full fences themselves against the All Blacks. But I must say, this All Black side is very, 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 very dangerous. And then make making my pick for them to beat France. And then on day one, look very spicy. I'm actually going to look at the odds and see what I can get right now. <laughs> that's,
2: that's, that we are, because their next three games are Australia. So tier two, and then they face the Springboks and then France in the World Cup.
0: Tier
1: <laughs> two, <laughs> <So, laughs> geez. Hmm? What? But yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. The lobby between Australia and Wales in the World Cup. There's, like, there's, there's basically four <laughs> two teams in one group other, eh? no Always.
2: Yeah, so they've definitely messed up the... That's why, they, that's why they're changing the, the group picks and making them later so they don't get so many tier two teams in one, in one group. I think that's the biggest problem. Um, the thing is, is when Anton Leonard-Brown came on, he wasn't cuck. I'm very interested to see mm. how this unravels in the future. Very interested. I, I will say something. I said, a- I, I said it last week. I said it last week. And Rico Ioani's defense, well, his tackling is much better. His defense is also significantly better. I still think, I still think there's opportunity there, but he seems to have settled in the number 13 jumper. Um, Mm -hmm. so I always, I've always said like, if I don't like someone, you've got to say it, but you always give them credit where they deserve. And I think he's been good this season in the 13, but very interested to see what happens because. The, the Aussies, I mean, the Kiwis really could use a guy like Rico on the bench, to be very honest with you. And by no means I'm saying this because I don't think he should play 13. But a guy that can play wing and 13 on the bench is exceptionally valuable. But to be fair, so does Leonard Brown. He can play uh, both sides, uh, both 12 and 13. But
0: yeah, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, look, I think what scares me more is how good they are going to be I mean, yeah. Obviously, they're going to lose a lot of players, but I mean, Will Jordan, Mark Talea, Jordy Barrett, Rico Ioani—they're all going to be involved in 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 rugby. The front is less going to be involved. than Sean.
2: Where's less than Sean? That's all I want to know, and that's all I care about.
0: Yeah, I'm just talking about the future, like in 2024. And then the second thing um, is, here, look, this week's team in Dunedin is probably going to be a second team anyway. So cooks, you are very much. Um, Released um, to to not watch that game. I can. I think there's going to be the Leicester Fanganuku all stars that are going to be playing on Saturday. Unfortunately, is he going to play though? So go, Sean.
2: No, I just want to make sure that Sean and Leicester are playing. That's the only thing I care about. I'll watch them at one o'clock <laughs> in the morning if they're playing in in f- Flipping Dunedin. I don't care.
1: I'm anyway, still, I'm still adamant. I'm still adamant. We could find 23 oaks on Twitter right now. Currently, probably drinking beer, watching cricket. That could beat the Wallabies this weekend sure Not <laughs> on Twitter. Yep. Eh? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm so cooks, about i Cooks, I assume.
2: So. Uh, okay, are you captaining?
1: I, I, I could literally like roll out now, and and I think I, I, I can get about a good uh, fifteen minutes against the Wallabies. But no, no, no. Let me. I think even the lesser fine Nuku All Stars, <laughs> I think, will still beat the Wallabies. Because the he what are going to do? Rest, rest the, the hopeless players. He has now for more hopeless players. Because if those guys are. <laughs> Like what are you gonna do? Like it's very hard, like to put in a B side when your A side is just getting cooked. Like, so you know, so so these guys who can't get in the, the A side unless they sort of do something. But the scary thing is the fact that the the side of the draw that it is the the Wallabies are in this is the fact that it can actually help them. The gang's building up yes. now. They're in the lighter side of the draw. That's the scary thing. But again, the, I think the time annoying too thing bold, is bold, yeah. And there's glimpses there. Like I still oh, much like to. I told them there's glimpses of something positive every week. we saw something that first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they looked like it looked a much better side until they decided to play absorb all the All Blacks pressure for 80 minutes, which is never, you can't do that. Like it's sort of, you not 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 the Wallabies. That's not they forte. Like France could do something like that. The box can can sort of play like that. But the Wallabies are going to wake up one day and be like we're going to be this defensive like Teller said we're going to be this defensive stalwart side and try to keep the All Blacks at bay for 80 minutes. It's like that's like asking the All Blacks like he has thirty points and somehow we'll try and go our own. It's, it's impossible.
0: Yeah, I think the final thing I want to say about this game is Cooks. Do you see um, Pilar's tweet about Will Jordan being the goat um, All Black?
1: In terms of what? The goat. The goat. Is he the greatest ever played to play with the All Blacks? Indeed. Will Jordan. <laughs> Will Jordan you see now. <laughs> Oh, you see now, people are just trying to trigger Dougie Howlett. I think Will Jordan is fantastic, but the problem with the All Blacks is the way the Springboks just roll out, roll out uh, flankers and, and locks. Is how the All Blacks roll out wings, wing, like wings and fullbacks. Like mm. I was like, guys, like come on, Ben Smith's there. Oh, like I, I don't hate Hayden, Will Jordan, because Will Jordan's fantastic. I think he's phenomenal. But even like Ben Nurse saying Will Jordan is like is the ape is the ape star of fullback in the world. He doesn't even play fullback for his country. Like, what's going <laughs> on in that list? So I was like, what the hell? It's like me going like, I think Steven Kitsov is the best tight prop. Because I saw him play tight at Paul Rose for one game under 15A. So I think he's the best. But, <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> How can you make a list of who's the best pos- people that on him playing that position? But anyway, this is poor saying this is the all black old Jordan it's the All Blacks we're talking about. Like Sean
2: Stevenson could score thirty-five tries this weekend, and he could be jettisoned into the World Cup squad. And will Jordan might not make it?
1: If you He's wear the number cast. eleven, if you wear the number eleven jersey for the All Blacks, you literally guaranteed twenty-five test tries. Just like willy nilly, like there you go. It's <laughs> yes. in the contract. You wear number eleven, you score <laughs> twenty-five nilly. test tries. When losses, them when losses are All Black number eleven, like who's placing more than twenty tests? not scored like 12 test, t- test tries. You just, you just wake up in that jersey mm. and you score test tries. Then Dougie Haller does his effect. It's once, it's once you get to 40, that's when, things, when bad things are happening to you. So Will Jordan, uh, Will Jordan better get arrested since, since he's been called the GOAT. How about guys? Richie McCaw's in camp now, now, just watching the guys. And all of a sudden, Will Jordan sort of, the GOAT! That's in the cradles <laughs> of all the, the All Blacks! Oh, come on, guys. You see now, you see now. People need to watch some... We need to go back and watch the 2019, 2015 final. Come on now.
0: <laughs> I, I just wanted to ask you. I'm sorry, Cooks. I think today's part has been me frustrating you, and I do apologize. I'm sorry. i because you're an asshole, I've Tyler. because you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this will be another part of me saying I have many apologies to make. So... Apologies are for Ronan Ogara, because I want to still be in the coaching staff for La Rochelle. It's to Cooks for uh, making him frustrated about these things. It's to Sean, because he's had to leave like 20 minutes ago, and he's still here <laughs> laughing at us.
1: <laughs> and I'm, officially, to.
2: I'm officially the worst mediator on the planet. I couldn't sort the shit out between Cooks and Jared. And now you two are fighting, and I'm just laughing, just pouring more wood on the fire. <laughs> this is amazing.
1: Yeah. I need Jared. I need I need I need Jared to come back and tell her to sort of take a little, to go so to go 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 safari, like 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 Jared did. I think Tyler's overdue a, a safari. <laughs> I'm
0: having a I'm gonna have a, a young sabbatical from the rugby bits pod very quickly just to round up other results. Scotland beat Italy in their warm-up game or Summer Nation Series game 25-13. Fiji beat Samoa 33-19. Japan beat Tonga 21 points to 16 with a great last-minute tackle as well. Argentinian yes, from X, um, Kataro
2: Matsushima, a safer abroad. The Ferrari. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That try-saving tackle and game-saving tackle, he was winded on the ground, got up and made a tackle. Flip it, man. Incredible
0: stuff. Brilliant. Bad news for Namibia. They were leading um, against the Argentinian 15, and then Argentinian 15 won the second half, and they won 34-27. And an epic game between Uruguay and Chile. Um, Uruguay winning 26 points to 25 against Chile. So rugby is basically starting. And yeah, from this weekend, if this is the last week. If you have a partner that doesn't like rugby, yeah, you're not going to see them until the end of October, frankly, because... We have a full slate of um, friendlies: England, France, Ireland. Everyone is all back. Wales even is back. They stopped the waterboarding now. So yeah, you people are <laughs> going to be watching rugby right from <laughs> people are going to be watching rugby right from four a.m. up until midnight on Saturday. There's one more weekend.
2: Everyone just plan it now. There's one more weekend. The weekend before the World Cup starts, which is the first of September or the second of September, that is yeah. the last weekend you have. Plan your weekend away. Do anything and everything you can. You've, you've been warned.
0: <laughs> date night, date day, go to the farmer's markets, go to the restaurant you've always wanted to go to, go hiking. Homemade um, spaghetti Stephen bolognese. Kitsoph, be... <laughs> Make a spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> Stephen Kitsoff, Amy Kitsoff, that might be the time you might see your husband. Maybe, who knows. He no, might uh, It's sure never going to happen. She's going to have to go to London to see him. <laughs> she's gonna have she's to buy tickets dead. to the Twickenham game just to
1: see him. I'll say she's a dead old nuts old. at the the airport at the one piece of the, at, at different airports. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a good way man. to go about oh. it. Oh, poor kitty.
0: Um, yeah, Jens, I don't know if there's anything else. I need
1: to tell the dirt trackers why you're an asshole. So, <laughs> guys, <laughs> yo, this has start, been simmering, yeah. eh? So the pod we went to record at Hoppers Five here for the listeners instead of in the evening, but I had to make so I had to make some dinner. So I was like, "Guys, is it fine if I quickly wrap dinner? We start ten minutes later because you have load shedding. And then Tyler asked me like, "Why am I making? Why am I making eating dinner so early?" It's like, "No, Tyler, I have load shedding and I live alone." So unlike Tyler, who's married <laughs> since last week, he threw you know, he threw his marriage advice in in the pod. So now we all know his wedding story. Uh, so now he just wanted to remind me that I live alone, that I have to do all this stuff. I know Tyler, like his wife sometimes helps him on pot day. Tyler probably cooks the rest of the week, but on Mondays, that is why he prepares the meals, makes sure he's fine and happy. And I have to do it all myself, and Tyler reminded me of my struggles, and he's been an asshole the whole day about it, the whole pot <laughs> about it. I have to go back and warm up said food that's been ready there, put on said TV that I need to watch. There's no heater on. I must go do that. Tyler's all chilled that he goes from here, starting to a good meal. Yeah. Then Tyler can, can just reminding me why I'm alone. And, and everything's Thanks, on,
2: everything's been on record so he can watch Master Chef. It's all ready. So he you know can the dinner set up, all ready for him to to sort. His
1: his laptop bag is charged, everything is set. All he's got to do is, <laughs> is be comfortable. Like is all about ironing stuff for work tomorrow. Lecture notes have been put aside already. <laughs> like, it's just everything. He's got. I'm probably. I'm about five minutes away I'm getting a text from my girlfriend saying, Are you still potting? Yes, I am. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we'll, well, tell when we'll I get But I haven't eaten. I'm going to be 10
2: minutes bit. late.
1: He's got various, he's got various times when we'll tell quiet. He's probably getting snacks, coming in at times, getting his notes. Like, he, he just remind tell us an asshole. Simply, simply put, he is an asshole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is going to be the best World Cup ever for me.
0: Oh, goodness. The worst media <laughs> for you, Sean. This is going to be insane. Until Cooks turns on you, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Dragons, Munster,
2: Jared, Tyler, I'm next. It's a numbers game.
1: No, Sean, Sean you are safe. Don't worry. You are, because you can provide me beer. Tala's probably going to give me like, um, I come to his house like, and I cut a piece of a beer. And you're probably like, I don't know, those, those home brewed ones from lockdown days, those pineapple beer stuff will probably, knowing Tala <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> Dude, that's gonna kick like a mule now, eh? Imagine that. that no, two no, years to get ready. Tello, uh, tello, tell no co- give me the
2: yeast. There's no coffee there. There's no coffee there either. It doesn't drink coffee either. Like, nope. No, tello, t-
1: t- tello, t- give you the beans. You'll give you the beans. You must like grind it yourself, like before you make the coffee. He's <laughs> like, are you hungry? Like, yeah. Oh, I'd love. Oh, we're, we're having spaghetti. And, like, you'll give you like the 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 meat for you for you to make the mince first before you even enjoy it. Like, you can like make your own spaghetti as well. Like because that's what teller does to you. This is an asshole. We'll give you all the ingredients you need. Like which, like a beer, he has yeast and some water. Start, start brewing, brother.
2: Talk to you in forty-five days' time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the game starts in yeah, two days, so my...
0: it's my oh, last man. episode of the podcast. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much to everyone.
2: <laughs> Bye guys. If, if you
0: if, if you want to know what happened, ask cooks. <laughs> but yeah, well, um, thanks everyone. Please like, share, and subscribe the podcast with everyone else in the rugby world. We are charting now in South Korea and Japan and Namibia. I just saw this weekend, and yeah, we are looking to invade each and every home before the Rugby World Cup. We hope we can also talk some sense into some of these rugby coaches that we've been slandering the whole day. And yeah, we will see you guys later this week when the Springbok Squad is announced and talk about the game upcoming on Saturday. Cheers. Bye-bye.